the feeling of scarcity that there's this one pie and that if we do work, then it means, David, that your company's piece of the pie is going to be smaller is inaccurate. I think there's multiple pies and there's <laughs> enough work for all of us. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain How do you run a successful modern marketing agency? Why is the best marketing invisible? And how do you earn your customers' trust in a high-tech world? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, David Horn. David, welcome to DMR. Uh, thanks for having me, David. Pleasure to be here. Well, welcome. Um, I try to have many people as here as, as called David, if possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so David um, Horn is is a writer and marketer based in North Carolina, and he's co-founder of the modern marketing firm Magnetic Ideas and founder of Fan Park, a subscription platform that connects fans to their favorite artists and thought leaders. So, David, what's the difference between a modern marketing firm and a traditional marketing firm? I think the biggest difference is uh, traditional marketing um, may not take a kind of a digital first approach or really factor in a lot of the kind of design thinking principles around you know cre- solving problems and creating pathways and looking at that from not just um, a specific channel but you know, strategically, and then what are the best ways to do that uh, across all mediums with digital being, you know, a cornerstone of that, you know, kind of the digital as the hub and then the uh, other areas of marketing, whether it's advertising or traditional print or branding or whatever, and, you know, how those fit into that to create, you know, some consistency across the board. So as you say that uh, traditional firms aren't design-led, does that mean that uh, design should be the primary focus um, of a modern marketing firm? I do, and I, when I say design, I think of it more in the terms of you know the big D design, so um, not necessarily how something looks, but uh, you know how are we solving a problem and what options and and what are the options to solve that problem because you know, there's typically many different paths and, and ways to achieve a goal. And it's about looking at everything, inter- all the internal factors and the external factors, you know, in resources, what are your capabilities at that kind of brand or that company, as well as um, what's available out there for them to do to uh, connect best with their audience and customers. I like you talking about all the capabilities, actually, because I think that um, one of the traits for a really successful modern agency is to act more like a consultancy and become immersed in their clients' businesses, aware of their strengths and weaknesses, and then be aware of how they can tailor their services towards that specific client's needs instead of actually having just a a set of services that they provide. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And that's you know, our approach is very strategic. I mean, we rarely work with a client on just, um, you know, performing an activity. You know, it's, um, it's not like, a you know, you call a plumber or a carpenter or something to come hammer a nail. I mean, we, we're going to look at, show us the blueprints. Let's 
talk about you know what you really want to accomplish here and how do we best do that with your you know what you have at your disposable uh, as your at your disposal from budget to personnel to you know existing assets you know what have you already done that we can use so that we're not reinventing the wheel you know who are you know what are the bright spots as far as you know customer stories and things like that that we can really draw upon and really create more of a strategic approach and being able to look at things uh, not just this one activity but this activity how it relates to everything else you're doing and is there anything else that we can do to complement the thing you've asked us to do <laughs> okay so if you're taking a collaborative approach with your clients um, are there any activities that are best just to be done by the client or does it does it not matter at all can it can an agency do anything from content production to um, just doing all sorts of digital marketing activities uh, for a client that's a good question I think um, I definitely think that ideally I prefer to have the uh, I guess ground zero interaction with the customer to be, you know, the, there's a, a higher level of quality with that uh, service or product if that's the case. So, by, however, uh, go ahead. Sorry, by ground zero interaction, do you mean um, all social media interaction or just um, uh, customer service interaction when someone's inquiring potentially about becoming um, a new customer? Uh, I would say even social media. I mean, we will a lot of times especially if a client i mean we most of the clients we work with now have some uh you know foundation there but let's say they didn't and they were starting some sort of program uh social media program uh or even email marketing or something like that we would kind of uh help them you know uh, kind of coach them and work with them until they're competent to uh do it themselves. So kind of act as, like you had mentioned, kind of advisors and we'll do it with you, for you, with you so that you're learning, so the client's learning with the intention that we can kind of tear out of being able to do that because I still, you know, it's not, and I don't want to be in the business of being the social media marketer, customer, I mean, uh, customer service person for our clients. I mean, mm -hmm. that's their business and they should own that. We want to help them along the way, and our talents and abilities are better served helping them with the other things that they're not going to be able to focus on uh, when they are dealing with customers all the time. And one of the things that you also mentioned on your website is that the best marketing is invisible. What do you actually mean by that? Um, and I think uh, Mitch, jo I think Mitch Joel coined this, or at least he was one of the first people I heard it. Uh, and I think I've always had this philosophy. He just kind of said it best. But the idea, or how I think about that, is that the marketing is baked in as early as possible into the uh, development of that service, product, business. And when that happens, a lot of times you know, people don't necessarily, they're not hit over the head with marketing. It's just kind of a natural interaction to um, the experience with that brand. And so by invisible, I mean, it's, uh, it's expected, it's, it's relevant and timely and all of those things, but they're, they don't 
feel marketed to. Um, you know, and that could be, I mean, you know, there's uh, all kinds of um, cliche examples. I mean, obviously Apple does a good job at this. Um, and a lot of, you know, local and boutique companies do a good job of this. And, and it gets a little harder to scale as a company gets bigger if marketing isn't brought in in the beginning. And I think that's where um, a lot of that falls down is where marketing is kind of brought in um, after all these decisions have been made on product development and um, branding and all these things. It's like, okay, we've now made this thing. Now go market it to customers. Marketing's a lot more invisible and a lot more natural when marketing is, is involved up front and you're able to use you know data and other things to build the product that your customers want um and that's how you make it invisible okay so you're certainly in in touch with what very uh, very much at the forefront um of of driving modern marketing um so you run this agency magnetic ideas so mm-hmm. so so where did the concept come from uh, to build the agency you know how, how did it start up and um um why did you make the decision to structure the the brand and and what you offer in the way that it's offering uh so i uh since 2008, I went out on my own and had a um, consultancy and copywriting content creation business with a, a partner, a best friend from college, and you know that was going well. But essentially, um, you know, it was two kind of freelancers under one umbrella, and just through a maturation process of working with bigger pro- on bigger projects and then bringing in partners. Um, you know, one of the guys that I had worked with, who's a lot stronger on, um, like social media marketing execution and SEO and, and some of those type things and, and some content design, uh, we kind of would partner each with each other on a lot of projects. And then finally just said, well, you know, if we join forces, we can, uh, kind of progress the, the company to winning, bigger projects and doing more of the work that we want as well as being able to collaborate more with our clients and then other kind of industry experts uh, that we um, really enjoyed working with. So that was kind of the, you know, the origin story of, of the business. And I think the, you know, services and the different offerings, you know, I think that's uh, not something that is fixed. Like, I, you know, we definitely offer our services have kind of tweaked and, and changed over time. Um, but at the core, you know, we still are a marketing company and we feel marketing touches and is involved in almost everything within a company's, uh, you know, there's no silo. You know, I think marketing has a place in HR and marketing has a place in the development and marketing has a place in communication. So, um, and then our services kind of reflect that for the individual companies we work with. So we're less uh, kind of cookie cutter. Well, not uh, cookie cutter is the wrong word, but we're less focused on like, okay, this is this service we offer, and these are the deliverables only, and it's you know this price uh, because we take such a strategic approach. Um, a lot of times, the it gets very uh, gray across multiple. 
uh, services because you're going to get a lot more mileage if you're doing a blend of things that make sense than uh, just trying to do one thing. I, th- I think that um, what you just said a couple of minutes ago there really um, pinpoints why modern marketing is different from traditional marketing in that marketing now is not silo it's not singular by itself that you can just um, apply um, to a business Um, it has to work in conjunction with every other department in the business and every department has to understand the overarching strategy um, to help the business reach its full potential Mm -hmm. I, I agree so if a business is looking to hire a digital agency for the first time and they haven't hired an agency before, what kind of questions do you think they should be asking to make sure that the correct agency is selected? Well, I think once you, um, once you, I mean, I think the first thing you establish that they can do what they say they can do. So let's, let's make the assumption that you have narrowed it down to, okay, we know these companies can do X, you know, web design, social media marketing, email programs, content creation, whatever that would be. Um, then I think the, the biggest thing is just finding the right fit culturally, um, you know, folks that work well with your team internally. And I think it becomes more uh, about uh, working well together and, and having aligned goals and expectations uh, than it is – a skill set. There's a lot of really good practitioners out there. I mean, you know, uh, whether it's in search or social or content or web design or advertising or public relations or whatever it might be, there's a lot of really good folks out there. And I think the what you really want to look for is any one of those folks can do what you want them to do. I think it's best to hire someone that really fits in with your culture and aligns with your goals and expectations for what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, we have instances regularly where uh, we'll have an opportunity or we'll even be pursuing an opportunity. And once we start talking to the uh, brand or the, the, the folks there, you know, we realize like, you know, this would be a great opportunity, but I don't think we're going to be able to uh, – I don't think you're going to get the most value out of working with us, and I don't think we're going to get the most value working with you, and that's okay. You know, I think you know, these two or three folks would, might be a great fit for you culturally and, um, and you know, be, be happy to, to um, recommend those folks. I, I think the, the feeling of scarcity that there's this one pie and that if – we do work, then it means, David, that your company's piece of the pie is going to be smaller is inaccurate. I think there's multiple pies and there's <laughs> enough work for all of us. And so it's about doing the type of work you want to do with the clients you want to do it with. And on the client side, it's about finding a really good agency partner. You hire an agency because you don't have the resources or the time internally to do something. So they are an extension of, you know, you anyway. So why not make sure that's a good fit? Okay, so focus on culture, understand your own business's culture first, um, and then you can start to look for an agency that uh, understands how you perceive the world. 
Yep. Great. Okay. Well, um, what about also for businesses um, that have started to take strides in embracing new media? Um, how would you advise them in actually starting to earn their customer trust in a high-tech world? Sure. Um, well, I think, um, you, know, uh, you know, Seth Godin talks a lot about making promises and keeping them. <laughs> I think that's a, a big thing. I think uh, the, the trust a- aspect is if we take the approach that every interaction, every interaction that uh, a person has with your company or brand is either going to make a deposit in, into like a trust bank or it's going to make a withdrawal, you know, you want to look at um, making sure that all of those interactions are uh, lining up the expectations that the, the audience or your potential customer has. And doing that uh, will build trust. So that means, you know, being a, a part of that community that you're trying to uh, service, um, and that's across multiple different levels. You know, it's about making uh, products that are useful, that solve a problem. It's about being um, being able to differentiate in some way so that you uh, are able to position yourself as, um, you know, the solution in this area. And I'm, it's a little, you know, I'm trying to be very general here, so I'm not trying to dance around the subject. But mm. the idea is that, you want to uh, you want to have these interactions with potential customers to start kind of building this uh, uh, equity, <laughs> so that when they need to make a decision, you're you know you're there for them and uh, are able to provide the best uh, possible product or service for their need. Okay, so earning trust begins at um at many touch points and probably at multiple p- touch points um and it sounds like it's um reverting back to marketing being everywhere and if you're an hr person that interviews people then obviously even if you're not going to offer someone a position then you need to be treating that person as a potential customer in the future and likewise accountants who interact with suppliers and so on yeah, exactly. And I, and I think even like talking about HR, it's like hiring the right people. You know, if you're, um, uh, I mean, I remember going into a retail store one time and they, you know, it just looked like they were hiring the cheapest, you know, they were trying to get the, the, uh, <laughs> the cheapest folks that they could pay to be part of their kind of customer service and sales de- department at this retail and to me, that's a marketing error because this is the first person that is at the front line of your brand. You know, that's an opportunity to increase the quality, separate yourself from the competition, but also make that experience that much better for your potential customer. And then that's going to, you know, that's going to map, that's going to line up with then if that person goes online or leaves the store, pulls up their phone, and has this great digital experience, then you know it matches up with the experience they had in the store, or vice versa. You know they find it online, and then they go in the store, and if 
that doesn't line up, then that's going to be um, that's going to hurt you in the long run. And you know, marketing opportunity from you know sending your invoices to your vendors. I mean, that's a chance to you know have something that reflects the values of your company, whether it's you know the design or the messaging or you know how you handle it. Um, and I think that's where you know a lot of the apps that you use online and, and a lot of products have these, you know, spend so much time and, and invest so much energy in the onboarding process is because the onboarding is the the chance you really have is after a person's made a purchase or made a commitment, whether it's an email address or whatever, to kind of start building that stuff in. It's so that, um, you know, it's a, a courtship at that period. Okay, so let's um, segue into the um, second section of our discussion, and that's your thoughts on uh, digital marketing in general. So, uh, starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Um, Well, I know internally uh, we use uh, Basecamp and slack for uh, base camp for project management and slack for kind of team communication i think that would affect us um now granted there's other options but i mean if you took away some sort of project management piece and some sort of uh in our communication tools then that would greatly impact and, and hurt our business i wish i would have I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, so many things, David. Um, I think the biggest thing is I don't think I listened well enough in the beginning. I think I would go in with um, my ideas and what I thought. And, you know, the client knows more about the business or has some insight that I didn't have. <laughs> so even if I had these great ideas, they may have been irrelevant to what we were trying to accomplish. So I think in the beginning, I, you know, would kind of come with my own ideas instead of really taking the time to to listen and uh, get to understand what what was going on. And even even if the client is wrong, um, there's there's probably a spell that you need to listen to that client for a while to to make them feel that um, you're you're considering their opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, moving on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Uh, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Email or Twitter. Email. Audio or video. Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? I don't like Facebook very much. Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Uh, One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Uh, Depends on business, but contact form. Website or app? Uh, website most of the time. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber all day long. And local marketing or global marketing? I think I'll go with local on that. Yay! 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> Moving straight on to... The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Uh, assuming that there's you know, strategy and tactics kind of laid out and that we're, we already know kind of what we want to accomplish and how we want to accomplish it, I would say uh, on content creation, um, and that would be uh, whether it's, I mean, that's going to include design, if there's any development cost. I just think you, know, you can do a lot. You can get a lot of content created for $10,000, and content is going to be in some manner and some medium is going to be a part of uh, marketing uh, effectiveness. So I would say content creation. And should it generally focus on driving people towards some kind of opt-in where you're trying to obtain a name and an email address from that? Should that be the main call to action? Uh, For a lot of businesses, I would say, but I think to step back from that, I I would agree with you and say yes in the context of it would go towards driving some behavior action or conversion. It's not always a conversion I mean, a conversion isn't always an email form. It could be uh, some sort of behavior uh, back to your site or back to a landing page. Right, okay. So um, you don't necessarily have to um, get those customers' details immediately as long as you're providing high-quality, relevant content to that user then they're going to they're going to keep track of you somehow and um, they're going to make touch at some point in the future when it's the right time for them right and and sometimes the behavior might be some sort of share or forward or um, some social action like a you know a cause action or something like that okay and do you try and put a financial value against all of these actions as as, as goals and anal- analytics or, or is that just too tough to do really um if you, I think, I think more often than not, it can be defined and, and mapped back to something. Um, I mean, I think you know, your customer acquisition cost is something that's a lot easier to define, especially digitally. And so, mapping back to that or um, some sort of cost per cost per interaction, uh, which you should be able to use that number with some you know, sales or business goal to, to track ROI or uh, establish a baseline. My number one takeaway. Oh, David, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Um, don't be afraid, you know, take action, get a result, refine it, take more action, get a result, refine it until you get the results you want. Right, okay. So don't strike while the iron's hot. Make the iron hot by striking. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting way to put it. I like it. (laughs) Well, um, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, Everything I have going on is at uh, davidhorn.me, D-A-V-I-D-H-O-R-N-E.me. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, David. Thank you, David. Enjoyed it. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. 
Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio. Digital-